On today's episode of The Door Report, presented by Alaco Hardwood Flooring, I am joined by Mizzou beat writer Mitchell Forty from PowerMizzou.com. He joins me to discuss the postponement of Vanderbilt and Missouri and talk about some of the pros and cons of that game being postponed. We also go around the SEC to touch on the Georgia-Alabama game without head coach Nick Saban on the sidelines. So we'll talk about the postponement of Vanderbilt-Missouri as well as LSU and Florida and what kind of impact this might have on the rest of the SEC season. Let's ride. Welcome into another episode of The Door Report, the premier Vanderbilt podcast in Music City. We are presented by Alaco Hardwood Flooring. No matter what style you're going for, you can trust your flooring job to Alaco Hardwood Flooring. Take a walk through the woods in your home every day and get your job started today by logging on to alacohardwoodflooring.com or you can email the founder, Jimmy Alaco. That's jimmyalaco at comcast.net. They are located right here in Nashville, Tennessee, so it's nice and easy for the locals. You can call 615-356-0303. That's 615-356-0303. Alaco Hardwood Flooring. Perfect floors, whatever your style. Before I get to the breaking news, here is my buddy Will Byram discussing the Recycling Dudes. You may ask, who are the Recycling Dudes? Well, they are brothers, Graydon and Chapman, and their dad, Drew Smith, who is a Metro Nashville firefighter. Living in West Mead, the Recycling Dudes recognized a need for a service that would take glass to the recycling for busy homeowners who care about our environment. They pick up your glass, separate it, and take it to be recycled. They offer monthly service as well as one-time party pickup. They have a variety of service levels to fit every budget and every need, starting as low as $10 per month. All you have to do is sign up on their website at RecyclingDudes.com. Welcome back into The Door Report. This is episode number 42. It is Thursday, October 15th. And we are one day away from another Friday, so power through. We're, we are almost there. or almost to the weekend. Welcome back into the Door Report. We are, as always, presented by Alaco Hardwood Flooring. Today, I'm riding solo without my buddy Will Byram. He, uh, he had a busy day today, so unable to appear on this edition of the Door Report. But uh, we're still here, ready to go, and um, I'm, I'm going to get to the breaking news here in a moment. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at door underscore report and Instagram door dot report. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Our podcast is available on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And while you're at it, go give our podcast five stars and a good review on iTunes. Also, the Friday Mailbag column is up and running this season. If you have any questions or comments or concerns or just an opinion you'd like to share about anything surrounding Vanderbilt athletics, especially with basketball and baseball coming up, Send them over to doorreport at gmail.com or send us a DM on Twitter or Instagram. All right, we don't have a ton of breaking news without uh, a Vanderbilt and Missouri football game coming up on Saturday. There's not a ton to talk about, and but we do have a basketball media day. We had women's basketball media day yesterday, and men's basketball media day is happening today, and they their first day of practice is today. So I'm, I'm really getting ready for, for this Vanderbilt men's basketball team to get going 
Before we touch on basketball, though, uh, Kumar Rocker joined the media day, and a tweet from Robbie Weinstein that we shared from our account was was pretty pretty shocking, and and it was good news. Kumar Rocker basically said, "In quote, right now, I feel like I have four legitimate pitches that I can throw in any any count, and he's also been developing a cutter. Uh, so so watch out there for Kumar. He he also said he thinks his changeup was a year behind the slider, but on the same track." He's very confident in that pitch going forward. So thank you to Robbie Weinstein for that content because that really brought some cheer to our day a couple of days ago with hearing Kumar Rocker now has four deadly pitches he can throw uh, not only in the SEC, but potentially when they um, you know, see some better teams in the College World Series, that will, that will prove deadly uh, for a lot, a lot of hitters, especially uh, with the pitches he already has. So um, some more breaking news. Uh, the Green Bay Packers have signed – former Vanderbilt wide receiver Kalijah Lipscomb. Uh, Lipscomb is a rookie, obviously, out of Vanderbilt. Uh, He was originally signed by the Chiefs as an undrafted rookie free agent in April, and he spent the first three weeks of the season on the Chiefs practice squad. Uh, Obviously, at Vanderbilt, he appeared in 48 games with 25 starts. He finished number eight in school history with 2,356 career receiving yards, number five with 198 receptions, and number two with 22 touchdown catches. He's going to wear number 18 for the Packers, so watch out. We could potentially see Kalijah Lipscomb on a Sunday afternoon. The Packers will play the Buccaneers. Let's see if uh, Lipscomb gets a chance to play against TB12 there uh, this Sunday. Moving on over to basketball, we've uh, we've touched on baseball. We've touched on a little bit of football, basketball now. The Legends Classic, they make it official, according to Jeff Goodman on Twitter. UConn, USC, Vanderbilt, and BYU, who replaces Notre Dame in this team of four teams. It's going to be a four-team bracket. It will begin December to, uh, 2nd through the 3rd. It will be at Mohegan Sun Arena up in Connecticut. So it uh, should be fun to watch. I'm really getting looking forward to basketball season. So the Legends Classic is on, and Vanderbilt, uh, I don't know it, you know, if they know who they're playing yet. UConn, USC, BYU, all all three of those teams are have been, you know, pretty solid over the years so uh, should be a fun tournament to watch there in the Mohegan Sun up in Connecticut there in the Legends Classic and staying with basketball um, you know the, the season's coming up first day of practice today uh, we'll have a lot of content on on our Doorport Twitter account but Jerry Stackhouse uh, was on 102.5 the game the Commodore Hour with Joe Fisher and he had a lot of really intriguing quotes we're actually going to release an article uh, very soon on our website uh, regarding his quotes but he basically said in quote our guys from last year are leading. Our newcomers are talented and blending in well. We're in a different spot than last year, and that different spot is a good spot. He also talked about Miles Studi and Tyron Lawrence. They've looked really good early on. But Trey Thomas, he has apparently established himself as the backup point guard and the best shooter on the team. Uh, so we'll see about um, Trey Thomas, the Canadian native who uh, came down to Nashville, visited Vanderbilt, and he committed um, you know, about a couple months ago. So uh, a late arriving player for Vanderbilt, but apparently he's going to be a guy to watch this year. And obviously we're all expecting to see DJ Harvey fill Aaron Neesmith's role. And Quentin Malora Brown has, has showed, um, you know, his knowledge and, um, you know, he's really smart. So, you know, it's obviously good to have guys like that out there. And, um, you know, coach Stackhouse also said, our guys understand what's at stake. They want to play and they don't want to do anything to jeopardize that. Uh, Stack continued to say our staff is following all the protocols just in case something happens down the line. Our guys haven't had any cases, so we're looking forward to the season. So um, as are many Vanderbilt fans, especially with the way this football season has gone, 
to get basketball back has been a saving grace and and it's just practice uh but to be able to talk about basketball again and 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 know that it's on the horizon however way it's presented to us you know i don't know a memorial gym should have fans uh it's not going to be a packed house um, you know, like we're typically used to seeing at, at a good SEC game, but we'll see. You know, we'll see uh, maybe second half of the season uh, the crowd could uh, potentially enlarge. But, uh, again, we'll see what kind of team Jerry Stackhouse brings out there. It's going to be a lot better. It's going to be a new team. It's going to be a different look. Uh, led by DJ Harvey, uh, I think he's going to be our guy. He's going to be the Neesmith of, of this year's team. And I'm really expecting Scottie Pippen, Jordan Wright, Dylan DeSue, to take big steps forward. That, I think those three guys are the X factors, especially Pippen and, um, and DeSue. If they can, it, this season is going to lean on how large of steps they take from their freshman to sophomore seasons. And, you know, obviously they should be hungry after a tough year last year. They only won three uh, games in the SEC. It's better than zero a couple of years ago, led by Bryce Drew. But, I mean, you look at this team, and, and, and there's, not, there's not a ton of, um, you know, outrageous talent but they're, they're grimy, they're gritty, and they're going to get it done on the defensive end. Uh, and they have a lot more depth this year. So with DJ Harvey coming in and Quentin Melora Brown, they practiced with the team last year, and now they're able to put their talents to the floor. And I'm really excited to see what Stack and the boys have to offer. And also with the young guys coming in, Tyron Lawrence, uh, he's explosive. He, you know, he's 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 a guy that can jump out of the gym and he can also shoot it. And then Miles Studi also, uh, you know, we're looking forward to those guys. Um, Akeem Odesipe is obviously a, a little bit of a project, uh, Coach Stackhouse said uh, earlier this week. So we'll, we'll see what kind of potential he has. Uh, but another guy that's interesting to watch is Isaac McBride. Um, Jerry Stackhouse didn't say anything regarding his status um, as a player on the team. Uh, he is on the team. Uh, he's on the roster, but uh, he's likely not going to be playing this first semester. So the second half of the season, um, you know, once we get into the year 2021, you could potentially see Isaac McBride on the floor. So uh, we'll see what kind of, um, you know, status he ends up having and whether or not he gets on the floor. Uh, he would be a good get um, to provide some depth back there. That's likely why Stackhouse picked up Trey Thomas, uh, because he knew Isaac McBride likely not playing to start the season at least. He picked up a guy uh, like Trey Thomas, who has looked good, apparently, uh, you know, from what he said. So, again, really looking forward to the basketball season. Baseball, uh, the Vandy boys got the Black and Gold World Series coming up this weekend. We'll have a lot of coverage on the door report there. No football game this weekend. No Vanderbilt, Missouri. Hopefully the Commodores can get right back on the field October 31st on a Halloween against Ole Miss. So uh, we will see what kind of uh, situation this continues uh, to kind of – kind of file out because you know if, if this turns into something bad for the Commodores this could turn into basically a dead season uh, so we'll see how that goes uh, and if the Commodores get back above that 53 scholarship player mark uh, to be able to play football again so we'll see and coming up right up next is Mitchell 40 I talked to him about uh, the postponement between Vanderbilt Missouri and Mitchell 40 is coming right up Welcome back into the Door Report, presented by Alaco Hardwood Flooring. This is episode number 42. We are, as always, presented by the great folks at Alaco Hardwood Flooring up in Nashville, Tennessee. And I'm riding solo uh, here for today's edition of TDR. Will Byram unable to make it today, uh, but the Vanderbilt Commodores are also unable to make it uh, this weekend. They will not be playing football this weekend. Uh, a few days ago, Missouri and Vanderbilt announced the postponement of their football game coming up this this Saturday. No longer uh, will it be coming up. And I'm happy now to be joined by Mitchell Forty. He is 
Missouri's beat writer for PowerMizzou.com, and they actually broke this uh, postponement story. And and Mitchell, congrats on, on that catch, you know, for Power Mizzou. But uh, thanks for taking the time to join us. Well, thanks, and yeah, thanks, thanks for having us. And, you know, it, it's uh, it's a small consolation prize because we'd rather be covering <laughs> football, but it's always nice to break no doubt yeah we got to give you guys credit where, where credit is due but uh, you know for this game that was supposed to happen um, you know it was going to be a big game for both teams Missouri uh, obviously coming off a huge win over LSU and meanwhile for Vanderbilt just trying to find any kind of momentum real quick before we kind of talk about the logistics what would this game have meant for Mizzou and also you know from your perspective for the Vanderbilt Commodores I mean, for Missouri, you know, it would have been definitely a nice chance to uh, to keep some momentum going. Obviously, um, you know, even, even if LSU isn't as good as, as obviously they were last year, but even as a lot of people thought they could be this season, it's still a huge thing to, you know, pull an upset as a two-touchdown underdog and beat the defending national champs. And, and uh, Eli Drinkwitz and his staff uh, getting their first win, they were, they were riding pretty high off of that. So, you know, in one sense, it might have been nice to, uh, you know, to, to kind of keep that momentum going. Um, but I also think that I don't think they were too upset to get a little bit of a bye to rest up. Mizzou was a pretty beat up team. They had had some COVID issues as well. Had, I think, six people out, um, six scholarship players out uh, in, in contact tracing um, against LSU and, and had three of their top five wide receivers out for that. And then three of their top four defensive tackles out for a combination of COVID and injury. So, uh, you know, getting a week off, I, I think, you know, is not the worst thing, especially when, when they have to turn around and play Florida, uh, well, are supposed to play Florida. <laughs> yeah, we all hope, with especially with Florida and LSU now being postponed. So SEC is getting a little crazy uh, with all these postponements. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll see kind of how the season shapes up. But for the postponement, Missouri and Vanderbilt, uh, <laughs> it was a funny way it, it was postponed. The bus company actually let Mizzou know, um, you know, Vanderbilt's bus company, that they wouldn't be coming. And then obviously, you know, other things filed in do you have any any other details on how they kind of found out and how how you guys really found out to broke this break this story um yeah i mean that's what eli drinkwitz um said you know during uh, i think it was on the fine bomb show yeah said, you know yeah that their, their first tip that uh this game might not happen was the bus company that the mizzou also uses said that vandy had canceled their buses that they were going to use once they flew into town mm -hmm. um which yeah is a little bit humorous uh for us i think somewhat similar we, we had been tipped off that hotel rooms were, were being uh, canceled or moved around mm. so um yeah just kind of you know calling me the small town where, where it travels fast <laughs> and, uh, and yeah the uh the people who were in charge of some of those travel arrangements were the first to let uh let some of us on this side now. Yeah, so Power Mizzou with with a good get there, and, and obviously with Vanderbilt, uh, you know, supposedly coming in, it's not the biggest of SEC teams, but it's a road team, you know, traveling into Mizzou, so they got to prepare. But meanwhile, for this Missouri team, you look at kind of the state of, of this program, they were riding high after that win over LSU. What what do you think this does for them? What 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 kind? Of, I know you talked about them needing this break because they were a little bit beat up, but what do you think this break and this action, and and they might not even play next week either. What do you think this potentially does? And in terms of pros and cons? Yeah, I mean, the pro is definitely just, you know, you can, they can get healthy, hopefully. Um, that That is uh, definitely, you know, something you want. They, they were already a thin team. They had, I think, seven opt-outs, um, several transfers. They were down to against uh, against LSU, I think, 61 scholarship players. Um, mm. you, you take, you can take into account injuries and, and COVID. So, obviously, you know, getting some of that depth back will be important to still – 
you know, a, a lot of hard games on the schedule as they're, you know, they're going to be in an SEC schedule. So that's good. I mean, the con, I guess, you know, uh, certainly, you know, losing some of that momentum. But I think more of a con would be if they can't play in two weeks. If you, you're all of a sudden trying to, you know, have two weeks off and then uh, potentially play seven games in seven weeks, uh, something like that, that would probably be, you know, I don't think that's how, uh, how Eli Drinkwitz would like the schedule to shake out. But, uh, you know, at this point, I mean, it's kind of anybody's guess. Yeah, no doubt. And you mentioned Coach Drinkwitz. I think he's really an intriguing coach and, and factor in this season because um, I, th- I thought it was a hilarious quote where he said, I'm a dorky, dorky, uh, you know, short coach here and I don't I shouldn't be a college football coach. And, you know, for him and this team, they've they've really kind of shocked the SEC and the country after beating LSU. So. With with the momentum they have, what what kind of uh, I guess shockwave did that kind of send through the program? And because they definitely needed a jolt like that. Yeah, Drinkwitz is you know he's always been a unique personality. He he's you know big into the kind of axioms and catchphrases, and mm-hmm. he's he's unique. Um, you know he's like you said he's, he doesn't come from a football playing background. Um, he's he's a little I mean he kind of embraces the the nerdy side and, and <laughs> stuff like that. Um, and, and people were very excited about his hire, but, you know, you, you look after the first two weeks, and, and not that this was a surprise, the schedule was hard, but after the first two weeks, Missouri was pretty much non-competitive in both of its first two games, and meanwhile, you know, around the SEC, you had the first-year coaches, Mike Leach, um, Lane Kiffin, and, and Sam Pittman all getting kind of, you know, big uh, attention-catching wins, and I think, uh, I don't think, there was, I'm not trying to say anyone was panicking, I think. You know, a very reasonable person, Drinkwitz, pretty much had a free pass this year after all that, that went on during oh, the yeah. season. But, but I think people were getting a little antsy and just, just wanting to see that, you know, just a sign that the coaching change and, and paying this guy $4 million a year was going to pay off. And certainly this does that. I mean, you know, in hindsight, maybe LSU isn't isn't as good as they were right coming in. I think they were like 16 or 17. But it's you can't take away from, you know, pulling off an upset over the defending national champs, especially with six guys in contact tracing. Um, I think that, that, you know, it just, it gets people excited. And really in my mind, you know, obviously you don't want to like lose every other game, but almost no matter what else happens this season, um, I think fans will be able to kind of cling to that as, as, as reason for optimism and for hope. I think it's time now to take a look around the SEC. We got a, a, some some time to kill here with obviously no Vanderbilt and Missouri game. You look at the game of the week and it's Georgia and Alabama, and that game will be eight o'clock on CBS. Bama's favored by four to win that one. Meanwhile, Coach Nick Saban has tested positive, so he will not uh, be in attendance, and likely their AD, um, you know, because he tested positive. So, what kind of an impact do you think Mitchell that might have on on the on the Crimson Tide without their head coach there? Yeah, you know, I'll be really curious to see because Nick Saban is obviously, you know, he's regarded as one of the best college coaches ever, if not the best. Um, and so in one hand, like you'd say, like, yeah, that's a huge loss. You know, the head coach makes decisions during game day. On the other, you know, he's kind of built that. I mean, he's known for having built that yeah. program into kind of a machine. So it's like, <laughs> has he built the machine to the point that it can focus without, or that it can function, sorry, without, you know, it's, it's like lead part. Um <laughs> And obviously Georgia presents a huge challenge because, you know, they've got a really good defense. They're, they're probably the most talented team LSU or sorry, Alabama will play this season mm-hmm. short of the playoff. So uh, I don't know. I'll be curious to see, um, see how that, if that plays an impact and obviously it'll be impossible to know exactly unless like, you know, Steve Sarkeesian messes up play, uh, clock management or makes <laughs> some bad calls or something like that. But like, I'll, I'll be curious to see if it looks like it has an effect. I think it's going to be a really good game either way. 
No doubt. And another decent game we got uh, at 4 o'clock Eastern on ESPN is A&M and Mississippi State. And these two teams have gotten off to a rocky start. A&M is 2-1, and one, Mississippi State 1-2. and two. And, and you kind of look at this game, LSU, the team that lost to Missouri, they also lost to Mississippi State. So for both of these teams, what, what kind of potential could this hold for, for, for both of these teams in the West? Yeah, LSU's, they've, they've made two teams that looked really bad in two games look really good when they played them, which is not a good sign. <laughs> no. Um, I mean, Mississippi State seems like a bit of a mess right now to me. Um, you know, you got Mike Leach saying he might have to, like, you know, purge the, the roster and do some, some uh, I think he said, uh, what was his word? I don't, I don't remember. He said some long lines of some people <laughs> something, might need some, to go. Yeah, some uh, Mike Leach processing. quote. I think he said some people might need to be processed. So, <laughs> Whatever that means. Um, that, that's like... That's that's not that's a red flag in my opinion. A and M's the more talented team anyway. I, I think they uh, even if they're a little hungover from the win last week, they should they should be able to win that. Real quick here, Mitchell, before I let you go, uh, with with a couple of the postponements happening, obviously LSU, Florida, and Missouri, Vandy. What um what kind of is this? Are you is are you in danger zone right now? You know because it it, it all seems to circle back to A and M. You know because everything seems tied to A and M, and we've seen you know the the apparent twenty five percent crowd there at Kyle Field. What what do you think this says about kind of the SEC and how they've attacked this this pandemic? Well, a couple of thoughts. First of all. Um, you know, this whole virus, it's been kind of cyclical like this. Um, you know, we have waves of optimism followed by waves of pessimism even before the season started. And then you saw it, you know, when baseball got started and teams tested positive and everyone's like, ooh, I don't know if this is going to work, but then it did. Yeah. Same with the NFL right now, and now we're seeing it in the SEC. I think we've gotten to the point that everyone is pretty much on board with, you know, we're going to put push through. At first, like when the Marlins had their outbreak in the MLB, uh, people were, were like, oh, maybe we should, maybe this wasn't such a good idea. But I think we've seen, you know, that, that it can work out, even if you have to get creative with the schedule, and that people are willing at this point to, you know, they don't want to say we made the wrong call and pull the plug three weeks in. Um, the question to me, you know, is, I, I like, at the same time, though, this stuff's going to keep happening, right? Like, yeah. I mean, clearly, COVID's not going away, and travel is, is an issue. So, the big question to me is, is how do we make this work and how willing are, is, you know, Greg Sankey and, and these leagues to say, all right, you know what, some teams are just going to play eight games this year. Like, um, for instance, you know, I, like if Missouri can't play against Florida, which seems very possible at this point in two weeks, you know, you're talking about two, two weeks off from Missouri and they already have that December 12th date probably filled with, with Vanderbilt. So the question becomes, could Missouri play Vanderbilt October 24th, which is supposed to be Vanderbilt's update? Could they rejigger the schedule so that they fill in that November 7th bye week for Missouri? And, and honestly, I don't know the answer to that. I, and it's just going to continue to keep getting a little more complicated as, uh, as we go. You know, could we see a team play two games in, in the span of like, you know, 10 days or something like that? I don't know. So, uh, so yeah, it, it will be it will be interesting to follow. You know, the people who are who are in charge of scheduling will, will earn their money for sure. No doubt. Um, but but yeah, I think I, I still feel I, I don't feel like we're likely anywhere near a point where uh, where where they're going to pull the plug on this thing unless you know something tragic happens with a player being hospitalized or dying. 
Yeah, as as Clay Travis says, the Corona Bros are, are probably pretty mad right now, but uh, you know we're still playing football. So um, in, in in a couple weeks, obviously you mentioned, hopefully Mizzou gets to play Florida, and hopefully Vanderbilt gets to play Ole Miss. We will see if if those can if those games happen, and we'll continue to monitor this situation. Mitchell Forty, he covers Missouri for PowerMizzou.com. Thank you so much for taking the time, and uh, I was gonna say good luck with your coverage this weekend, but I guess you got an off weekend. Yeah, I'm not too upset about it. I, I'm, I'm happy to go watch that uh, or to watch that Georgia-Alabama yep. game. Yeah, hey, have fun and uh, enjoy your college football Saturday, Mitchell. Thank you, too. That was Mitchell Forty. He covers Missouri football. He is the Missouri beat writer there for PowerMizzou.com. And obviously with no Vanderbilt-Missouri game coming up this Saturday to preview, we got a little bit of uh, around the SEC look. Maybe that's a, a potential new segment with with my buddy Will Byram and I, and uh, uh, we'll hopefully uh, continue to monitor this situation. So no Vanderbilt-Mizzou game this week and no LSU-Florida. You've been listening to the first segment here of The Door Report.